0: we would have a guest speaker today, but Bob Ekblad is, um, uh, was unable to get into the country. Uh, so uh, the new wine tasting this afternoon is going to be a live link, and he's going to be speaking live to those who are here. But if you've especially turned up to hear Bob Eckblad, I'm really sorry, you've got me instead. And I want, But I want to say a thank you to those of you who've been praying for me while I've been away in New Zealand. Um, uh, Some of you will remember that I've been before this My third trip to um, uh, support uh, what's going on with the churches in New Zealand Uh, First time I went out there I think we were uh, in touch with about um, 40 churches across New Zealand Doing some work together, putting them together to see uh, uh, God's kingdom come In a significant way as churches work together Uh, This time, uh, we are now, so this is five years on I think, we're now in touch with 550 churches across 17 denominations and uh, one of the bishops described it as the most significant thing that's happened in the Christian world in New Zealand for many years, Uh, pulling all of these things together. It's under the banner of New Wine and um, I've been out there speaking to and encouraging leaders in what they're doing, which has been really exciting actually, so Thank you for freeing me up to go and do that um, and uh, be part of that and um, uh, I trust that we're leaving something of uh, real significance there. Um, I want to just um, uh, encourage you, Vicki Taylor, women, Vicki Taylor is coming to that Awaken Breakfast, is absolutely terrific speaker so don't miss out on that, do sign up for that. Um, I think the men would like a recording of actually how you unpack a handbag and what's in the depths of a handbag. So we'll look forward to the recording of that. Hopefully we can go on the website. And um, uh, is is Matt Blackman here? Where is Matt Blackman? Just stand up, will you, a minute. This is Matt Blackman. Now, Matt Blackman is our football team manager and... Yesterday, St. Paul's football team, under Matt's leadership, became league champions. Isn't that fantastic? Well done, Matt. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there because he's taken our team also to the cup final in the area, and that is this coming Friday. Matt, you want some support out there from St. Paul's? (laughs) <laughs> so, so guys, Matt's leading our team out. Well, I'm not sure he's leading them out; he's cheering them on. But uh, uh, from the sidelines, uh, this Friday, Hamwell Town Football Club kick off seven o'clock, seven fifteen. Kick off. So get there for seven o'clock to cheer on the yellows so we could actually do the double for the first time that'd be great and it? it's been a long time because i think we've won anything so so <laughs> this year is quite significant for us so we need as many people out there on friday night as possible cheering on the yellows see if we can win win uh, the double this year is that okay so matt well done buddy thank you so much for what you do and leading our team out um i want to uh, think this morning about um uh, continuing the series on spiritual gifts. And the last couple of weeks I understand that uh, Chris has introduced the subject to spiritual gifts and and last week I uh, uh, thought about the gift of prophecy. And I was speaking to him when I uh, arrived back from New Zealand and just asked him what he felt I should speak on and, and um, uh, he thought I should look this morning at the area of healing. But I want to uh, slightly expand that. I want to look at the spiritual gift of faith and the spiritual gift uh, of uh, healing. Uh, if you've got a Bible, turn with me, will you, in uh, uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You will know, friends, that there are four main lists of the gifts of the Spirit in Scripture. Um, uh, uh, th- there's the list in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28... Uh, where it describes um, uh, the ministries of the Spirit. So it talks about apostles and prophets and teachers and, and, and gifts and miracles and healing and administration and, and tongues. There's, there's another gift list in, in, in Romans chapter 12 that includes prophecy and serving and teaching, and exhortation and giving uh, and organizing and mercy. Then there's another list in Ephesians chapter 4 that uh, lists apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. There's a fourth list, which is the one I want to just land on this morning, which is probably the most comprehensive list in the New Testament. And and that's from this uh, beginning of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it says this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want... You to misunderstand this. You know that when you are still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshipping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Let me just pause for a second. The context of this is, Jesus has come, his ministry has happened, throughout his ministry, he demonstrated the kingdom of God through proclamation proclamation is in word and deed proclaiming the kingdom it says in Mark chapter 1 so so what he did when he came was was he said does this person need healing I can heal them or does this person need help I can help them and, and, and Jesus went out and embraced the wider community and took the message of God out from the place of the temple and into the place of the market and he took out the good news and he said this to the disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 he says look look, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth he says in Matthew 28 we're to go and do the very things that he uh, has taught them to do and what did he teach them to do? it says uh, in Luke uh, 11 and 12 it says first he sends out the twelve he says, go out in my name, praying for the sick, casting out demons, uh, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And 12 of them went out. And then and then, the following chapter he sends out 72 in twos. And he says, go in my name and do this stuff. Don't just keep it to the temple. Go and do this stuff in my name. And he says, when, he's, when he has died and risen and ascended, he says, wait, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and through the ministry of the Spirit, you will continue to do the things that I have shown you. You will continue to do the things that I have taught you. So he says here, no one can do anything except by the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on, These are, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives the message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. and, And it goes on talking about the fact that we are one body and each are gifted and each are gifted as one body as we use our gifts, so as one we see God's kingdom come. So Jesus says, through the Spirit, we're going to be gifted to continue his ministry here on earth. And Paul says, and the Spirit gifts each one of us with different gifts to see his kingdom come. And and I don't think... I don't think these gifts, the lists of these gifts are exhaustive. I think God gives to people all sorts of gifts that are both supernatural and spiritual, as well as our our natural gifts. But God gifts each of us with gifts. And I want to just think about two of those uh, this morning very briefly. The gift of faith and the gift of uh, healing. Um, I ran over in the last service so I'm going to uh, motor on quite quickly in this one. The gift of faith. The gift of faith is the especial ability that God gives us at different times to see something done. You remember the story of Nehemiah? This is the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a waiter to King Xerxes in Babylon. The Babylonians... Uh, many years previously, about 80 years previously, have come into Jerusalem and they've decimated God's people. They've torn apart Jerusalem. They've uh, taken as captive slaves all the fighting men, it says, all those who've got abilities, the the women that they want to, and they've taken them as captives and they use them, they continue to use them as servants in Babylonian. And so Nehemiah is the wine waiter, to the king. That's his role. Meanwhile, in Jerusalem, those who weren't taken captive, and the commentators would tell us, that's particularly those who were out in the countryside, those who were farmers, those who were out in the uh, outlying areas, have regathered in the city and have tried to rebuild what they've got. But they've lived amongst the ruins for 80 years. Nehemiah is in Babylonia, And uh, uh, someone comes and tells him of the plight of the people in Jerusalem. And it says in the beginning of Nehemiah, it says, When I heard these things, I fell down and I cried out to God. And I fasted and I prayed for the people of God. And then, having heard what he felt God say to him, through, I think, a gift of faith... Nehemiah goes to the king and says, let me go, I want to go and rescue the people of Jerusalem. And this king then says, yes, you can go, I'll give you letters of pass so you can pass all the other places and, and go to the place you need to. And Nehemiah, this waiter, goes back to Jerusalem amongst the people who are living amongst the ruins. And very skillfully and carefully works with them to see the ruins rebuilt to see what is torn down restored to see what has lost its glory find its glory again and in so doing see the people of God restored again see them find faith again see them look to God again and it says in uh, Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 15 it says that that, uh, after 52 days so he's, he's he's not even been there two months after 52 days it says the walls of Jerusalem were rebuilt. Despite attacks, despite threats, despite all sorts of things, after 52 days, Nehemiah managed to do what the people of Jerusalem couldn't do in 80 years. I think Nehemiah was doing something with a gift of faith. Something that seemingly was impossible for a wine waiter to do. He came back and became God's mouthpiece to the people to see the people restored again as they saw their nation restored again. The gift of faith, an amazing gift to see something done that uh, seemingly is impossible. And Paul says that the Spirit gives a special gift of faith to one and the power to heal uh, to another. What does he mean by that? He means a gift of faith that is an unshakable confidence that God can overcome Any obstacle, however great or small that obstacle might be. Jesus describes it in Mark chapter 11. He describes it as this. He says, look, if you have faith, he says, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe that it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. And I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you've believed you have received it, it will be yours. A gift of faith. Now, some of you at this moment are thinking, Why would we want to move mountains? That's what you're thinking. Okay, let me just take this back. Jesus uses language to help us understand what we're doing. There are different types of faith. There's saving faith. At one point in my life as a teenager, someone explained to me God's love for me. They talked to me about Jesus Christ. They talked to me about forgiveness. They talked to me about what it would mean to be a Christian. And through their talking to me, I chose at that point to make a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I chose to embrace the gift of saving faith that there is. So I became saved. I became, Paul describes it as we were dead in our sin, we're made alive in Christ. I became a Christ person, a Christian. There was something significantly different about my life. It took a Long while for that to sort of filter through and change things, and some of you might wish it's changed a bit more. But I'm, I'm on the journey, and, and I became saved. That's saving faith. Paul's not talking about that. There's also sustaining faith or persevering faith. That's the sort of everyday faith of every day. We just have faith in our life because we believe in God. This is who we are. Therefore, I live my life in a certain way, because I have faith. It's, it's not about saving faith. I've already been saved. It's about my ongoing journey through life in faith in God. I, I, I believe in God, therefore I will live this way. I believe in God, therefore I will do act this way. I believe in God, therefore my attitude will be like this. There are certain things about us that sustaining faith. It's just this is what we do because we're a Christian. Paul's not talking about that. He's talking about a gift of faith. A certain time at a certain situation when there comes upon us a surge of faith where we have such a confidence in God that the seemingly impossible can be made possible. It's not the gift of faith that you might necessarily have every day. That's just sustaining faith. It's not the faith that comes through when you are saved to Christ. That's salvation faith. It's just this on surge of faith that says at this time, at this situation... I think this can be made true. So, God gives us a gift of faith at a certain time. Not only that, and I, 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 I could give you illustration after illustration of, of when that's coming, when you're praying for somebody. When you're praying for somebody, and all of a sudden you have this sense, you think, God's going to do this one. <laughs> God's going to make this happen. Don't always think that. I tell you a secret. Sometimes when I'm praying for people, I pray and I think, "Oh God, help! I've got no idea. Has anybody ever else been there? You know, is, is anything going to happen? I've got no idea. When's going to I've got No idea. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. That's when I thank God for the gift of tongues. But you know, we just we pray something of God's will in because we know that God wants to bless a person. We know God's got something significant for them but every now and again someone will come with something and will think here's a gift of faith today I suddenly have this surge of confidence that's not from me there's a something inside me, there's a, a knowing in my knower, there's something there that says this is going to happen and, and we pray with this otherly confidence that God uh, gives us so there's the gift of faith what about the gift of healing? Well, there's lots of debate, isn't there, about Christian faith and healing today? I think I think um, people get uh, all uptight about it for the wrong reasons. You belong, and I belong to a church, this church, where this is this is our basic premise if God is God God can do God-like things God can do basically anything I believe that with all my heart God can do anything the interesting story in scripture is that he chooses to act through his people that's what he says he'll do he doesn't say I'm going to act sovereignly it's all to do with free will and we can have a long discussion about that but But he says, I'll choose to act through my people who choose to embrace saving faith and live sustaining faith. And through them, I'll bring something of the kingdom of God. And we, you belong to a church that believes that God can do all things. I believe God can do all things. So the question is not what can God do because he can do anything. The question is what will God do? And I don't know the answer to that and you don't know the answer to that. But he invites us into that story of what might God do in this situation. And this is my belief. I'd rather belong to a church that would believe that God can do all things and therefore pray, even with the mustard seed of faith I might have, that God might intervene in a situation than be part of a church that would say, we don't want to risk it. I'd rather be part of a church and say we'll pray for this anyway, and allow room for God to do something, and see what God might do, rather than say I'm not going to pray for this because I'm not sure that God would do this. I, 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 I won't um, I won't bore you with a um, uh, story that many of you know of our son and and and. I believe literally his resurrection from the dead. And God works significantly powerfully if we say we'll pray anyway. We'll just pray anyway. Never mind what we think logically should happen. We'll pray anyway. So so we believe that God can do all things. We don't know what he will do, but we're commanded to pray, therefore we choose to pray anyway that God might come and bring his healing into different people's lives, but it's not just about it's not just about physical healing. Don't don't get caught up on that. I believe I believe that the church should be a healing community. I believe that belonging to the church we should find healing. Actually, belonging to a community that says we believe in marriage should strengthen marriages. Belonging to a church that says we believe in family. Should strengthen and equip families. We believe in a church, we, we, we belong to a church that believes in healthy relationships, should help to create healthy relationships within the church. We believe in a church that will walk with the wounded, we believe in a church that will lift up the broken, we believe in a church that will not leave anybody out. We believe in a church that is inclusive, not exclusive. We believe in a church that reaches out to the marginalized. And because of that, we should, in a sense, be a community that people can come to and belong to and find some sense of healing in their lives. Because it's not just about praying for something physical. I think there's lots of emotional healing that can go on. I think there's psychological healing that can go on. I think there's inner healing that can go on. I think there's deliverance from things that are, are are evil that can go on. I think that God calls us to be a community that creates the atmosphere of being open to him that he might work within us that anybody who would come along to be part of us would just by coming find a place where they would find healing in their lives. But having said that, I believe that we're to be a place where we would allow God to work miraculously Amongst us, So to a world full of sin, friends, we as a community, we would say we want to reflect Christ. We want to offer forgiveness. We want to be a church that extends grace. We want to be a church that says there's something that God has for you here. There's something that says we'll embrace you here. To a world full of sickness and pain, we want to say we want to be a church that will offer you the opportunity to find peace and healing in this place so the gift of gift of faith is a supernatural surge of faith that comes upon us at a particular time that God might give us, it's nothing we can manufacture that God might give us to overcome a seemingly impossible situation I've got a couple of the people here who were in my last alpha group and um, we had 10 in the group and at the beginning of the group when we first met um, people were in various positions of work or non-work, either work that wasn't um, as secure or were out of work and had been out of work for a while and nothing uh, there wasn't sort of a job on the horizon. Uh, the Alpha Course is te- about 10 weeks long, and we met for those 10 weeks. And this, is, this was the prayer for those 10 weeks, that by the end of the 10 weeks, God would do something amongst us. And that, that by the end of the 10 weeks, everybody would have found something of a place of work. Those who are in the Alpha group here can affirm this to be true, that at the end of 10 weeks, every single one of them had a job. Every single one of them was in work. For me, that was just a, a sense of God saying, this is what you're to pray for for this group, for this to demonstrate something of God's kingdom at work. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're unemployed and you come to me now, I can pray for you for a job and you get one tomorrow. But it does mean that God's interested in whether you've got a job or not. It does mean that God's interested in your future. It does mean that God's interested in the tiny detail that we sometimes think he's not interested in. And that and that through the gift of faith, that can happen. And and I actually think that process of doing that with that group saw healing I would define that as healing, that God provided for the needs of that group in, I think, probably a fairly supernatural way, as God works significantly amongst us. How does healing come? It comes through our doctors. Uh, Luke is honoured as the beloved physician in Colossians 4. Uh, Nothing in scripture indicates that Jesus asked Luke to abandon uh, his profession as a doctor. We love doctors. Doctors give us little white things that we can eat, and we like those. They're very good for us, and they do things for us that we think are marvellous. Doctors are key in our lives. God gives us minds and the ability to do things, and through incredible research and everything that's gone on in the past, we've seen God do amazing things through the doctors. We believe that God can bring healing through doctors. God brings healing through the normal activity of the church, through our worship of being a community of God. In, in uh, the previous church, where I was a curate. And uh, there were two churches, and uh, one was a bit like this. We were quite relaxed. And the other one, we were all robed up, and we did everything through a service book called the Book of Common Prayer, which has a language of 1662. It wasn't my favorite place to be, and I wasn't very good at that. And... and um, Uh, I used to have to go and do a choral even song once a month. I think it was sort of a... I think my vicar had something cruel in him that he would make me do that every month. And I remember first going to do it and saying to a guy in the choir, his name was James Batho, saying to James, James, what would happen if someone can't sing the bits? Because I was supposed to sing the responses, and I really can't sing. What would happen if someone can't sing the bits? He said, Mark, we've never had anybody not be able to sing the bits. I said, well, you've got one now. I can't I really can't sing the bits, James. She said, what are you going to do in the service? I said, well, I'm going to stay silent and hopefully you'll sing them. And it was very funny, the first service, because we got to the point where I was supposed to sing a response and I just stood and looked at James Bathe, helplessly, hoping he might respond. And it got to the point, I used to have to do that service every month, it got to the point where... I didn't even say anything until he got to the sermon because James would just sing all the bits and I would just pretend. I'd just look at him and smile. We had the whole thing. So it was quite an easy service to do. And one of those services, this lovely guy, uh, his name was John, and he was, I don't know, he was was over 80. And he had this condition, and this is why we love doctors because they know about these things, but I don't, but he was was stooped over like this, really stooped over. And... um, uh, he came out at the end of one service and I looked at him and I thought there's something different about you you notice that sort of situation when you see your wife and you think there's something different what's happened and she says oh, I've had my hair cut didn't you notice you know that sort of moment and I looked I looked at James and I, I looked at this guy John and I thought there's something different about you and he was standing bolt upright you see and I said to him there's something different about you And unfortunately he hadn't had his hair done. But he said, he said that he said he said, Whilst I was reading the gospel reading this evening, he said my body just went like this. So for the first time in nearly thirty years, he said, I've stood up straight. Through the normal activity of the church, God brings healing. Whilst you are sitting in your chair, God can bring healing. God does that sort of thing. And he does it in significant ways. God just touches people uh, where they are. God brings uh, healing through the gifts of the Spirit. And it's gifts of the Spirit. It's plural. Uh, 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 There's a diversity of healing through deliverance, inner healing, emotional healing, physical healing, psychological healing. And he does it through the prayers of other Christians. And, you know, you and I, any one of us in this room could pray for another person and we could pray for God to heal them. Any one of us. You might think, yeah, not me, Mark. You know. I never prayed out loud in my life. I never pray. I don't pray very often. God can use you. God can use you. More than that, God wants to use you. Because remember, his plan is not necessarily to win the world sovereignly, but is to work through Christians to bring healing and salvation to this world. And that means that you and I, we are on team. We're included in bringing this wonderful message of hope and goodness to people in this nation and beyond. I've run out of time. I probably need about an hour to go through what I wanted to say. But This is the thing, friends. God wants to offer healing in your life and my life. It won't always happen, but we believe in a God who can do it. Our only question is, will he do it? We won't know the answer to that unless we pray for it. And that's why we're a church that every Sunday has ministry up the front. Because we say, we don't know what God will do, but we'll ask him, and in amazing ways, God blesses us as a church family, as a community together. Let me just ask a little survey. How many of you, I just want you to raise your hands in a moment, how many of you in your life have had some measure of healing by God in your life? Just raise a hand. There you go. Any skeptics, look around. God works. If you've come this morning with a need for prayer, for anything, please don't leave without giving us the privilege and the pleasure of praying for you. And that together, we as a community, following a God who can do all things, might see God do many things through us. And reach out to another community, way outside the doors of this church, that Jesus went out to. He said, go to the least and the last and the lost, the broken and the hurting, and bring them in. Why? Because they too will find healing and hope in a place like this. So the spiritual gift of faith, the spiritual gift of healing. Is that okay? Can we stand together?